Feeling like you fit in and you're accepted um, is huge. And then you think about it, it makes sense because if you don't feel accepted, it's hard to really focus on school. Welcome to Get Schooled, student stories from across Kentucky, brought to you by the Pritchard Committee Student Voice Team. I'm the executive producer, Zoe Jenkins. Hello, I'm Gabrielle Dahlgren. I am a ninth grader and I am from Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Chloe. I'm a freshman from um, Southern Kentucky. On today's episode of Get Schooled, we are going to be talking a little bit more about cliques and identity politics. As you hopefully know, um, in our January episode, we announced that we are going to be taking this whole semester to focus a little bit more on school climate, all of its nuances, and its impact on education as a whole. And identity politics and cliques have an interesting role in this because as Santiago mentioned in our January episode, students do experience their own school climates very differently depending on what they're exposed to at their school. So for a kind of cliche example, take the cheerleader or jock archetype versus the loner or the emo group or the goth group. Cheerleaders and jocks, historically speaking, and at least how we see it portrayed in movies for sure, tend to get a lot of the praise. I mean, think about all of the announcements that you get for football games and how the cheerleading team is doing and how those students are glorified not only by their fellow student body, but also teachers and administration. And sometimes even those programmings get more funding. And what that means is that those specific students are going to be experiencing a much more positive school climate than let's say kids on the academic team who maybe don't get the same kind of attention or kids who don't really fit into a friend group and are thus loners and left out of a lot of the general positive school climate that other students might be experiencing. This is, I think, what Santiago was really trying to get to the root at in our January episode when he talked about how school climate is a very individualized experience. So depending on what friend groups you're in, what social circles you kind of run in, your experience of your own school is going to be very different. And when we try and tackle school climate and make solutions to help everybody, we really do have to keep this in mind, that a generic solution is really not going to get to the root of every single person and every single friend group's kind of climate interpretation. First of all, what is a clique? A clique, as defined by the University of Illinois, and pretty much anywhere, is it's defined as a social group that has similarities and is usually exclusive to outsiders. Cliques can vary from school to school, and we would put them in three general categories. There's conventional, which includes populars, jocks, good ats, fine arts, and nerds. All the stereotypical mean girl-esque cliques. Then there's non-conventional, which includes druggy and stoner types, emos and goths, anime and manga fans, and loners. And then the third category, floaters, normal and racial ethnic groups are just defined as other. The conventional cliques are the ones we're most familiar with because they're typical and regarded as higher on the social food chain. They're the kinds that are blown out of proportion in movies. Non-conventionals are typically seen as counterculture, going against what society wants students to be like. Now that we've covered cliques, we can go into a bigger topic, which is identity politics. So, what is identity politics? According to Laura McGuire of Philosophy Talk, identity politics is when people of a particular race, ethnicity, gender, or region form alliances and organize politically to defend their group's interests. This presents itself in schools and friend groups or cliques based on these factors. 
Groups tend to view others in a monolithic or singular way. We tend to prescribe attributes to an entire group we're not part of, while those within could clearly distinguish the hierarchy. It's pretty clear from those definitions and just kind of general knowledge of cliques and identity politics that psychology plays a really big role in how these groups form. A lot of this is simply human nature and it's not strictly an educational issue. And so to get that professional psychological point of view from it, we talked to Dr. Christia Brown at UK about how exactly these groups form. We seem to be born pretty hardwired to like people kind of like us, which we, people have argued that's probably because that's who was most likely to take care of us when we were babies. And so we tend to like the people that look like our mom. So there's research with infants that shows they look longer and they seem to like more the people that are the same gender as their mom, so women, and the same race as their mom. And so pretty early on, kids seem to pay attention to gender and race are the two big ones that we latch onto. And then because society puts so much interest and kind of importance on those groups, kids when they're about three years old start to really develop stereotypes about them. So by the time they start school, they've already had five years or six years of like looking at these groups, learning about them. And because humans seem to be hardwired to pay attention to people, we learn a whole lot. The problem is usually the messages are pretty stereotypical because mm-hmm. you know, stereotypes. So the things that kids are picking up on are lots of stereotypes. And so that's where it becomes really kind of a problem. And so then they apply the stereotypes to themselves. And then we see all sorts of problems that happen once they start school. So from day one, we're hardwired to like people that are like us. And this kind of makes sense. If you think back to your friends in maybe kindergarten or preschool, more likely than not, those friends were people that were a lot like you, either the same gender or the same race, or maybe you all play on the same soccer team. And this kind of behavior proliferates itself through school. But just because something is natural does not mean it's good. There are a lot of cons in the school environment to the formation of cliques, one of those being the formation of an us versus them mentality. People identifying with certain groups within society or in a school can cause an us versus them mentality because it highlights people's differences and drives them further apart instead of creating an understanding that all people have differences and that doesn't make them any less human. Another issue in clicks, the formation of power dynamics and how that affects student behavior. A really easy way to see who's in power is by creating a social network. Dr. Brown and her team went into a high school and asked ninth graders to list their top 10 friends. And then by mapping names to names, you start to get a picture of where exactly the friend groups are and who's in them. So you can get this like grid of where the friend groups hang out. You can see that the kids that are at like the center of that, that like everyone says, yeah, that's my friend. So they're like the real big social influencers, right? So they're the kind of most powerful because everyone wants to be their friend. We found that those have a lot of power. So those kind of set the tone for what goes on in the school. The power given to that person can be unhealthy and dangerous because it can lead to peer pressure, bullying, gossip, etc. In addition, the power can go to their head and cause them to do something that they wouldn't have done before. And also, if someone who is in a developing stage of life has an unhealthy power over other kids, it can lead to bad decisions for that person and hurting others without even understanding the consequences. 
Um, and what we did was we were looking at things like sexual harassment. And we found that those were the people that were doing a lot of it and all the people around um, were also doing a lot of it. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I think power dynamics, particularly in adolescence, like in high schools, mm -hmm. it's really intricate. And so high schoolers know all the rules, um, but, and it's really complicated, right? And it's, there's a lot of social cost if you do something that you're not supposed to be doing based on the rules of your social group. These social rules that we develop so that we can fit into the social group that we think we belong in is incredibly problematic. It leads to the internalization of stereotypes, which is particularly detrimental to girls, as Dr. Brown will explain. Kids stereotype themselves a lot. So you think you're supposed to do a thing and that makes you then do that thing. You know, we just got finished doing a study, I mean, in Lexington, where we were asking kids about kind of the mean girl stereotype, the idea that girls should be kind of sexually objectified for boys. So kind of looking hot all the time. And that's like the most important thing about them. And we found that the more girls bought into that and that boys should just be interested in how girls look and they shouldn't want to be friends with girls or have just one girlfriend, but they should be all about kind of thinking about as many girlfriends as they can get. The more girls believed that, the more likely they were to say things like, I don't want to try really hard in school. It's like, like even when I know the right answer, I'm going to pretend like I don't. So kind of like play dumb yeah. um, and say like, well, school's not all that important for what I want to do in the future. So it's like they themselves were saying, I want to live up to this like kind of sexy image, even yeah. if it means not doing well at school. The reason this happens is because sometimes clicks can act like an echo chamber where everybody in the social group is so similar that when one bad idea or one kind of problematic social rule is proposed, everybody starts to follow it and doesn't question it. And this is a really dangerous mindset to get in at such an early age in one's development. This can cause the kid to lose out on social learning in school. This could then hurt them later in life because they need to be exposed to all types of people and be able to work well with them for future jobs and experiences in life. So if kids don't venture outside of their clique, then they miss out on experiences and opportunities with different types of people that would help them grow as a person. Like Gabrielle said, being in a clique or a social group of people that are so similar to you can actually be very detrimental in learning about how someone is supposed to behave. Because yeah, that stuff that works in high school doesn't work in college. It definitely doesn't work in adulthood where you just like have a job where you could get fired if you are acting a certain way. Um, I think that's why you see all these problems like with adults right now, like the whole Me Too movement, that's all with adults who never learned that like the stuff they were doing in high school does not work in the workforce. Now that we've talked about the downsides of cliques, what are the pros? Some pros of cliques and identity politics is that they can help groups who are oppressed, such as students dealing with financial aid. Another pretty big obvious way that students can group is by race. And as Dr. Brown will explain, there are actually a lot of benefits for students of color sticking together. It's beneficial to hang out with people that you don't have to worry that they're going to say something that's like racist, even like accidentally racist, a kind of what we call microaggressions, right? So there's some evidence that for like black kids, for example, that have white friends, that if 
black student had an experience like dealing with race and they're trying to talk to their white friend about it. And the white friend's like, oh, you're probably just exaggerating. It probably wasn't that big of a deal. And like the friend's being supportive in a way, but the black student's like, no, like, trust me, that's what happened. That that actually does a lot of damage to the black student. Like it's stressful and it's not helpful to them kind of like getting over the experience. So I think that is a thing that, so I don't think that it really helps white students to hang out with just white students, but I do think it helps students of color to have other friends that are students of color. Um, but the research seems to suggest when it comes to at least race, it cross-race friendships benefit whites. It doesn't necessarily benefit students of color. Um, <laughs> um, Interesting dilemma, because I guess you can't have it both ways. <laughs> exactly, that's the problem. Um, so that's why I try to think it's good in some ways. It's also good to have protected spaces too. And so even though it's really beneficial to be friends with people that aren't just like you, for students who experience disadvantages in society, either due to race, ethnicity, nationality, religion, sexual orientation, it can be really actually more beneficial to have a safe space of students who can share your similar unique experience. And this ties into students needing to feel like they belong in school. Numerous studies and even data from our own school climate audits suggest that a sense of belonging is important to student achievement. Cliques, especially that are centered around common interests or characteristics, can help a student feel like they belong, which could improve the feeling of school climate for those in certain groups. And improving school climate, especially for at-risk student populations, is incredibly important because, as we've mentioned time and time again, Better school climate leads to better academic achievements. We find that that feeling like you fit in and you're accepted um, is huge. Mm -hmm. And then you think about it, it makes sense because if you don't feel accepted, it's hard to really focus on school. It's hard to really think about what you're learning in math if you're anxious or depressed when you're at school. So, but we find that that matters almost as much as the actual math itself is feeling like you belong there. And there's actually a lot of hope with people feeling like they belong. Generation Z, so kids currently in high school and in early 20s, are said to be the most inclusive generation ever, which means that more students in school are finding groups that will accept them. Like the teens and the early 20s seem to be much more accepting of like gender diversity and sexual orientation and um, kind of interracial relationships and all sorts, all the ways in which you can be more accepting of just like individuals, people in the like late teens and early 20s seem to be doing a better job of that. Social media may also play a pretty big role in how inclusive this generation has become. It has been shown in studies that social media has brought people from different cliques together, even more than previous generations. So this could be helpful to cliques and make them more inclusive and make the school a more healthy environment. But social media can also have negative effects. Yeah, I mean, I think social media just amplifies the stuff that kids are already doing, right? So if kids are wanting to connect with others and be supportive, social media is good for that. If kids are wanting to stereotype and exclude others from their social group, social media is really good for that too. Um, and so, I guess, in the name of Student Voice Team, it's Student Voice. So, um, how, do you, how important do you think it is, I guess, in like a school dynamic setting for like students to be involved in like regulating 
these like cliques and social groups? I think it's critical for students to step in. I think the reality is it doesn't work unless students do it. Is, I mean, I think that's where, you know, adults kind of try to come in and do all sorts of these like programs and it doesn't ever seem to work. So now where researchers are really thinking is how can we get students to be the leaders in changing what we call like the social norms? Because mm -hmm. so, if students just changed what was acceptable, then it would change. I guess what, what exactly can students do? Like what's the best way for students to have that kind of impact on other students to try and change social norms? I, I mean, part of it is like banding together. Like, I mean, part of it is doing this type of stuff of like getting together as groups and figuring out what are the key issues at this school? Like, what are the things that are making some kids feel like they don't belong? Um, what makes some kids feel marginalized or is making their experience less fair? And then thinking through what can we do? Because every school is also going to be a little bit different. And so part of it is you all figuring out like, what do we think would work here? Um, and then finding some adults on, you know, in the school that would be helpful. So kind of getting together and then getting adults that can be good allies. So throughout this episode, we have talked about cliques and how they have pros and cons and what they can do for people throughout their lives. Cliques can usually be viewed as bad, but we are seeing a trend of cliques being more inclusive in today's society with the use of social media and with people growing up in a different environment from back then. Clicks can impact how we learn. Therefore, students need to talk about these things and how they impact our lives in school and not be quiet about it. And we need to get more adults involved into the conversation to help us. But most importantly, we need to use our voices to bring change for good. Thank you for listening to Get Schooled. Please subscribe, share the episode, and leave a review. Also, be sure to follow the Student Voice Team on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at PC Student Voice Team. Also, be sure to check out our blog, studentvoiceforum.org. Is there anything going on in your school or area that you want us to cover? Be sure to let us know at getschooledpod at gmail.com. That's getschooledpod at gmail.com. See you all next time for another episode of Get Schooled.